0: With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to TNTradio.live. This is Locked and Loaded with Rick Munn on TNT. Yes, it's Locked and Loaded with Rick Munn on TNT
1: and also uh, Gemma Cooper and also Dr. Bruce Scott, who will be joining me shortly from Bonnie, Scotland, to talk about uh, some psychological issues Not his or mine, by the way, that are being uh, inflicted upon us by uh, the powers that be, nudge units and one thing and another. Also, what's going on in Scotland? We're going to do a little overview of what's happening in Scotland at the minute. So stay tuned for that. Bruce will be joining me at about uh, 20 past. Uh, Also, Just in case you haven't already done so, please download our app, the TNT Radio app, from the Google Play Store or the App Store. Or you can listen in live from our website, which is tntradio.live. And also, we're streaming out live on YouTube and all the major streaming platforms. And if you miss anything, uh, you can do a catch-up session uh, through Spotify or Apple Music. You just go into TNT Radio. You search for... uh, a show that you're after in particular or possibly a guest and you will be able to avail of our extensive back catalog of broadcasted material that stretches back now for almost two years um I don't know what the numbers would be about how much broadcasting we've actually done but I would imagine there's thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of hours worth of interviews and guests on there for your perusal so please make use of those facilities uh Leo Varadkar the Irish tea shock or head honcho or big cheese uh, said i am not sorry for one second when he was asked about Ireland's gen- generous benefits system serving as a pool factor for immigrants. In other words, it was attracting people to Ireland from all over the world because of their over-the-top benefits payments. Uh, he was questioned by uh, Ben Scallon from Gripped Media, and he said he's not sorry for a second that his government took in as many asylum seekers as they did or paid them as much money as they did brazen brass neck doubling down in his position something he should be ashamed of himself for something he should be apologizing for and instead he's saying i am not sorry for one second Uh, i don't regret it for a second i am happy with what i've done and i wouldn't change a thing of course he's doubling down in his position what's he going to do admit that he made it? terrific mistake that he's partially wrecked Ireland, him along with many, many other people, and that he's running the country into the ground. You're never going to hear him admitting that, but that's effectively what he has actually done. So brass neck for Edgar, no surprise there. Uh, staying with Ireland, RTE, uh, the Irish equivalent of the BBC, if you will, uh, their state broadcaster has just been bailed out by the Irish government to the tune of 56% million euro so again shock Leo Varadkar this guy is a menace a menace to society. Uh, He has confirmed that the government has approved interim funding of 56 million euro for RTE, subject to certain conditions. It includes a 16 million euro interim funding for this year, along with 40 million euro for next year. It's understood that the 40 million will be paid in two installments after the publication of reports aimed at reforming the organization. So, taxpayers' money, to the tune of 56 million is going towards bailing out rte and it's a little bit like this gem and i talked i think it was yesterday about canceling your tv license for the bbc let's bring them down let's destroy them we'll stop paying our tv license and it will all be fine Maybe not. Maybe uh, Rishi Sunak or whoever the PM is at the time, it could be Keir Starmer, it could be Suella Braverman talking about her running as prime minister. And I believe it or not, after being sacked as the home secretary, Uh, it could end up just with a government bailout for BBC to keep it floating. And where will that bailout come from? From your taxes. So you may cancel your license fee, but they can uh, come at you from another angle, which is effectively what they're doing in Ireland at the minute, uh, with RTE, 56 million to keep them floating. It shows you what difficulties they must be in as uh, broadcasters. I uh, saw a clip yesterday as well of Louis Theroux, uh, the you know documentary filmmaker, uh, speaking with a chap called Pete Doherty. And if you're a fan of uh music alternative brit pop type music back in the 90s i think he was in a band called the baby shambles and he you know he was a bit of a party animal he was always very tall and skinny uh and uh into his drugs let's just say but uh there's a picture of him with louis Thoreau at the minute and he looks terrible he's he's younger than me uh, and he looks like he's about 70 years of age, to be honest with you. He's got really fat and his teeth have all came out and uh, he's he's coughing up blood. And during the interview, and he says, look, like, you okay? And he says, no, he says, I- I'm not a well man. This is all taking its toll on me. And uh, I don't like to see anybody in that condition, whether I like them or not. It's not nice to see someone whose uh, body's been destroyed by abuse. Uh, and he still continues to do it and again addiction a terrible thing and it's not something at least the alcohol that I suffer from however uh, we all have our vices and uh, we need to be careful because uh, we're not too far maybe some of us from uh, falling down them holes ourselves but it's just sad when you see the decline of this uh, young man who I suppose you could say had everything before him and he drank it all into the grave or at least close to the grave it reminds me of Shane McGowan uh, from the Pogues as well if you've seen Shane McGowan recently, uh, who's famous you'll hear him no doubt in fairy tale for new york it'll be playing in every shop uh in the run up to christmas uh, that was released back in the 80s and even then he was shot to bits as a young man and he's he's in a terrible old state at the minute uh so yeah you think you're immortal and you think you can handle everything until someday you wake up and you you, you realize hang on a minute i've i've wrecked myself so just take care of yourselves out there i'm not saying don't drink don't smoke don't do drugs if you want to do that stuff do it but don't do it uh, to excess because you do pick up the tab inevitably somewhere uh, down the road you know i'll tell you a story An old, an old friend of mine who's dead he died a horrible death of cancer he was a good christian man his name was michael daw and he was a recovering alcoholic he had kicked drugs and drink turned his life around and i remember visiting him in the hospital before he died, it was a couple of days before he died, and uh, I remember we prayed together, and one of the things that he prayed, I'll never forget it. He said, Lord, keep our children from excess of sin, excess of sin. In other words, you can't stop doing things that aren't good for you. you we're not perfect people. We're just humans. We all have weaknesses, and we all have things that we struggle with. But I'll never forget what he said, keep us from excessive." sin sin or excess of this or excess of that so yeah everything (laughs) in moderation maybe is the message of the day so i'm going to pause uh, i'll get off my pulpit now and uh brace myself for Gemma cooper who's incoming here on tnt radio
0: calling out the big wigs the government works for us not the other way around today's news talk radio tnt
1: you remember that guy pete doherty do you from back in the um Back in the 80s or 90s, he was part of that Britpop movement in the Baby Shambles. Mm. Do you remember him, do you?
2: Yeah, very well. Because all the fraud, he went out with Kate Moss, didn't he? And everyone accused him of dragging her down. And then then there were those photos on the front page of all the tabloids, Cocaine Kate and Pete Doherty's recording studio. And everyone thought her career was over and she salvaged it. And, you know, it was all. Pete and Kate wasn't it and shambling around at Glastonbury backstage and all kinds of things but yeah addiction's an awful condition it really is and it affects so many people and you can be addicted to lots of things can't you not just substances you can be addicted to work exercise status you know things that that people would say were good addictions they're not if you're if, the, if your life is out of balance, your life is out of balance and uh, to the detriment of other areas. So, yeah, there are lots of things. Lots of people are addicted to talking. You could accuse uh-huh. us of being Me? having that addiction, couldn't you?
1: I can't shut up. <laughs> so I, can't. I already, already stop talking when I have to inhale. That's my problem. I need to work on that.
2: Well, it, it, your, if your addiction's earning you a living, it's, it's it's no bad thing. It's just being mindful of it. It's being conscious of it, I suppose. Yeah. Um, just yeah, just right. interestingly, what you said about um, RTE and that bailout. I mean, I just just obviously as an ex-BBC person myself, it's very interesting what they've done there in Ireland. And you think, you know, it shows the dependent relationship between the state and the broadcasting arm of the state, doesn't it? They're, they'll do anything to keep it going. And I wonder if that will apply to the BBC with the kind of pe- amount of people now not watching it and not wanting to pay for it. So. I think that's one to keep an eye on, isn't it?
1: I think it will, Gemma. I, I think uh, RTE has been used as a testing ground for this because they've had a lot of scandals recently about pay, executive pay, people that have been paid a lot of money, maybe that they shouldn't have been paid. Uh, it's really hurt their uh, image and it's really hurt their balance sheets as well. And then people are not renewing their license fees like the BBC, they depend on that. So they're really under the caution at the minute with regards to funding. So 56 million is a big amount. And don't forget, that's on top of whatever licensing money that they are getting. They have to top it up with 56 million euro so if uh the dream comes true that that we defund the bbc we defunded by not paying our tv licensing fee i would be shocked if the uk government does not step in and bail them out because it is their official propaganda arm after all so i don't think we're going to see the end of the Beeb, whether we cancel our license fees or not but from a monetary point of view we should cancel our license fees but yeah i think it's maybe uh the, uh, the Brit- british government will follow. But closely and say, well, if Ireland can keep their propaganda alive, uh, arm alive, then so could we through taxpayers' money. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on it, as you rightly say. Now, talking about money, keeping an eye on the money. Uh, which is something we like to try and advocate here on TNT. Uh, reflecting on cost of living expenses. We do it a lot, uh, but it's good to put figures uh, to the, it's not enough to say, oh, things are more expensive now, but sometimes we get a shock when we actually find how much more expensive they are versus what they were maybe a year, two, three, or even four years down the line. So uh, what's, on the, what's on the table? No pun intended uh, with the story here this morning.
2: Well, I mean, we talk about this a lot, don't we, about the the squeeze on people in this country financially and how the poor are getting poorer. There's no doubt about that. We've done a lot about the destitution rates and the poverty rates. We, we did it yesterday, didn't we? We talked about um, people not being able to put their frid- afford to put their fridges on um, since May and eating spoiled food and, and becoming ill because they just can't afford to heat and eat. It's one or the other or fridge or food. Um, and there's a story today that's backing it up even further. I don't want to depress everybody in the UK with this one, but I wonder how, how much these figures apply to other countries. Um, now, the government today is releasing figures which are expected to show that here inflation has has come down by half. It was at 10%. Uh, inflation is falling. The government are determined with an election coming to get it down. But despite that, and those figures are expected imminently, supermarket staples, which, you know, if, feed the basics family sort of diet um are continuing to rise so um you know a 500 block gram of cheese block has gone up nearly two pounds um olive oil has gone up the same price nearly two pounds a bit more in some supermarkets the cost of sausages these are figures since september sausages have gone up nearly a pound for eight sausages um and a a 1.5 kilogram chicken's gone up by nearly two pounds and i'm noticing that as well i'm thinking blimey that's I'm going to places and thinking, is that what it was? That seems to have been an awful jump. And then I wonder if it's my imagination and I'm not not paying attention, but these figures are saying, you know, the the, the cost of staple things, chicken, sausages, um, cheese, things like that everybody would kind of buy. A pint of lager gone up by a pound. Um, It does show that despite uh, inflation supposedly coming down, the cost of basics isn't. And I think it's just going to put more strain on people, especially in the run up to Christmas, which as we were talking about yesterday, has all sorts of implications for your mental health. I mean, if we're talking about addiction, you know, at times when you're under stress, you tend to kind of reach out for the things that make you feel better and that yeah. can become a slippery slope. Um, but yeah, the, the, the war on the consumer, really, your, your average consumer seems to be gathering a pace, And of course, we don't produce that much of our own food here in the UK anymore and farmers, as we've talked about in the UK, are being paid now to come off their land so it can be made way for housing development. And We did a story about that pig farmer, didn't we, that was being paid a huge, huge amount of money to not farm pigs so that they could build some housing down the road and and it wouldn't impact on the water system. So, yeah, I wonder where this one will go. I don't see prices of food coming down anytime soon. Christmas is going to be expensive for a lot of families. And, you know, it has that knock-on effect of just keeping you preoccupied and stressed with money and how you're going to feed your kids and all of that kind of thing. So, yes, maybe part of the global agenda, I think.
1: And also, um, you know, some people, they don't want the hassle of cooking at Christmas and they they don't want to, you know, entertain. They want to go out maybe and get their Christmas dinner made for them. It's at least 100 quid ahead uh, anywhere uh, these days to get your Christmas dinner, at least down around where I am. If you want to go out with your, you know, your family if you or your friends for Christmas dinner, even, a, you know, a works do, it's 40 quid now for, you know, a plate of turkey and ham and uh, 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 a, what do you call it, a watermelon at the start and a little sticky toffee pudding at the end, 40 quid. And if you go out on Christmas day for a sit down turkey dinner, you know, some places here are charging 100 quid a head. So what's that 400 quid uh, to take uh, three people out plus you uh, for Christmas dinner? Mental. uh, Also takeaway food uh as well the price of takeaway food's going through the roof as well fish supper (laughs) fish supper around here is about 12 quid that's just fish and chips 12 quid i can remember i can remember when i was a boy (laughs) Uh, it it was about two quid for a fish supper and you get a big thing of chips with it not anymore uh the only thing that doesn't seem to be going up if you notice if you go into supermarkets uh it's always Uh, Buy one, get one free for huge bars of chocolate or big family bags of crisps. They're always on offer. The junk, uh, cheap junk food is always buy one, get one free, or it's uh, two for a pound. You didn't get that with steak. You don't get that with chicken. You don't get that with fresh vegetables or fruit. But it's always with uh, the the bickies and the sweeties uh, and the stuff that's not good for you. So it's cheaper to buy junk and it's twice as expensive now to buy the good gear. So yeah, that all has a cumulative effect over time too. As you know, you know, you're into health uh, and keeping the body right. Uh, that pays it like Pete uh, We mightn't be drinking, uh, we mightn't be doing coke, but if we're banging sugar into us uh, non-stop day after day as an addiction, that takes its toll as well. And you rightly pointed out, not all addictions are for things that are perceived to be wicked and evil like drinking drugs. It can be sugar addictions just as bad if you if you don't moderate it you can destroy your body just as quickly with sugar as you can with cocaine can't you
2: oh yeah absolutely Sugar's is really bad addiction and lots of people suffer from it and it people laugh about it and say oh sugar you know you know all that kind of stuff and you're it's right that you've uh, singled out the chocolate you know that's a definite thing um sugar m- messes with you and coming off sugar um luckily i don't really have a sweet tooth but people say coming off sugar was one of the hardest things they've ever done and the crashes and the mood swings. So it shows they know what they're doing with these substances, introducing them into our diets and pushing them and making them available everywhere. So I feel sorry for people with sugar addictions because you can't really escape it. You know, if you're addicted to crack cocaine, you've got to to go find it, haven't you? You know, it's not available in the garage. But if you walk in the garage, sugar everywhere, not yet. yet.
1: (laughs) It'll be 2024. Tesco introduced new cheap budget crack cocaine range. You know, buy one, get one free beside (laughs) the the chocolate biscuits uh, listen to anything anything's possible Gemma. that could be our lead-in story for 2024 if we make it over the festive period but yeah uh, interesting we need to keep an eye on ourselves keep listen folks you only get this one body so try your best to look after it as best you can i think is the moral of the story here so Gemma, thank you as always for bringing that one to us today uh we shall reconvene again tomorrow as normal at 9 a.m and stay tuned for dr bruce scott who's incoming here on tnt radio
0: TNT Radio's Joe Hoff. We're in a situation like never before in world history. We've been through world wars, but what we're seeing now is just amazing. We've either got communism, where it's just the government. The government runs things, and that's just the way it is. Your soul is gone. It's diminished. There's nothing else. And or uh, fascism, where you have the government working with big industry, which seems to be the model that's being pushed on uh, the West, um, really by all these guys that are in the East. EU and, and World Economic Forum they all have connections to the uh, fascists from uh, the past, the Nazis in, in Germany. He, she mentioned uh, the guy, the head of Luxembourg, who used to be the head of uh, the EU, the guy who was drunk all the time. Huh? His family uh, were, were Nazis and they looted uh, and stole booty from Jews during World War II and became wealthy. It's similar to the Soros family. These are the kind of people uh, that are continuing with their initiative to, to rule the world through fascism. Joe Hoft on TV. ENT radio
3: While serving in Vietnam a grenade took my ability to see Today I'm a sculptor creating new visions Now my fingers are my eyes as a veteran I know the challenges of life can be great in my art turning a lump of clay into something beautiful That means a lot to me life is like that we each must use what we can to make things better
0: DAV helps veterans like Michael get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways.
3: Now, I show others how they can create something with their own hands. With support from DAV, more veterans can shape their lives into a thing of beauty. My victory is bringing beauty into the world.
0: Michael Naranjo, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Ladies and gentlemen, today's news talk. News and information. TNT Radio. Okay.
1: (laughs) <laughs> ah it's tnt radio this is locked and loaded i'm rickman and i'm joined by my old chum uh from scotland none other than dr bruce scott that's with two t's and not one t and, you know i've been meaning to say this to you for yonks but it always goes out of my head but if you follow him on social media which i would encourage you to do at Dr. dr bruce scott with two t's you look at his profile picture and it's black and white and he looks like to me, he looks like Kerry King, who is the guitar player from Slayer. Uh, when you see him in color, he doesn't look like Kerry King, but in his um, his uh, ex-profile picture, he looks amazing. Actually, he's got these dark shades on, and his beard looks pretty awesome. And he reminds me of Kerry King. I hope you don't take that as an uh, 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 an insult, Bruce. I actually mean it as a compliment.
4: No, not at all. Not at all. I was a great fan of Slayer when I was younger days. Great mm-hmm. fan of Slayer. Uh, you know it's a bit satanic sort of the stuff that goes on i've kind of uh, woken up to the, those aspects which are not too great but uh, i certainly enjoyed uh you know yeah out to in the south day. of heaven yeah
1: i was uh i, I went to a gig of theirs i was actually on mtv Europe with Slayer and actually I'll send you a picture uh, of me with Kerry King uh, on a MTV Europe uh, interview but he hadn't got the beard at the time Uh, he was just wearing the dark shades but uh, it's a picture of me and Kerry King together they they played in Belfast and I think it was 1994 on the Divine Intervention tour, and they had Machine Head. They had just released uh, uh, Burn My Eyes, which was a monumental metal album, and also a band called Downset from Los Angeles. And it was the most violent gig i have ever been to i kid you not there were people there uh, and they were wearing motorbike helmets Uh, they brought motorbike helmets for protection when they were in the mosh pit before the stage it was wild but yeah i've moved on a little bit since then but uh, some fond memories of my early thrashing days uh, back in the crazy 90s
4: good days happy days they were
1: if you were to say it would be interesting actually for us both to sit down and psychoanalyze uh why we got into that particular music uh why we were attracted to that particular music at that particular time because it is an acquired taste as always and of course you do grow up and you do move on a little bit but i don't think it ever really leaves you i think uh, a love for good driving rock music has never left me i don't listen to bands like slayer anymore but uh when i hear that Uh, distorted, overdriven guitar and that that four on the floor drum beat. I'm sorry, but I get excited. Uh, Is is that something I should seek therapy for, do you think?
4: Yeah, I don't know. It's an an interesting thing. You know, you get some sort of kind of of Christian evangelists talking about the dangers of such music, you know, and... uh, uh, the, the 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 lyrics and and what's behind these bands and the lyrics. You know, I was I was driving home from work last night. I was listening to to to, to Metallica, for and Shame and Fields you. of the Nephilim. Oh yeah, uh, you know.
1: But of goth.
4: And and uh, I'm like, so that's what I listened to. When I was 19 years old. You know. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh I think
4: uh, it's it, I think there's a danger. There's a danger that that's this sort of music. This is one theory I have it feeds into a kind of narcissism mm. you know it feeds into a kind of uh the vanity in a, in a sense you uh, you get carried away with it you, you identify with it uh you get so taken up with it way, you know ways of the world and mm-hmm. and and uh i suppose that's the that's the danger i suppose the, the sort of the religious people sort of highlight that uh you know, you get your movements—the Goths and the in the metalheads in the in the eighties and nineties. Uh, uh, you know, counterculture. Of course, I think that we were all being set up to hate culture. I was certainly brought up, I think, in a Marxist university in society orientated to despise everything, uh, get angry at everything, let's destroy everything, and in 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 the. That was the nudge of of our time, I think. Mm-hmm. But I, st- I still I still like listening to music, though, sometimes. And now, what about the, if
1: you listen to Nephilim, you must be a Sisters of Mercy fan, surely?
4: I am. I am. Oh. I, used to, I used to straddle the both. Floodland? Floodland? yeah. Uh,
1: To me still, I mean, you talk about, uh, just as we come up to this was unscripted. we weren't really going to talk about uh, goth music and metal, but hey, it's relevant for now. Uh, I uh, still think I got Floodland when it came out in 1985, I think it was, and to this day, it still sounds as fresh to me as it did uh, when I first started listening to it, what, nearly 40 years ago now, which is insane, and the very first cassette tape that i ever bought was uh by acdc uh, which was their album let there be rock and i kid you not yesterday i i got that album when i was about eight okay i'm now 50 and yesterday i went out for a coffee and i listened back uh, i went onto youtube and i looked up a concert that AC/DC played in london uh in 1977 and was still as into and uh connected to that Thumping rhythm and that really stripped down rock, pure rock sound at fifty, as I was mm-hmm. when I was eight. It hasn't abated in the slightest, uh, yeah. you know. So I don't know. It's just maybe it's just something we're drawn to, and we can't. It's a yeah. deep thing. I, think, I, I don't know. I
4: think I think there's there's an element of freedom and liberty. It's mm-hmm. that, that's uh, that, that's inherent in that music. Sort of embodied, that embodies that music. Uh, and and I think that's a quite a, kind of can be a very positive thing. You know, mm-hmm. music can be very liberating. Escapism, escapism, s- affir- really is affirming. the word I'm
1: looking for. Is would that be a good word? It, it's a way, I well, suppose. You, you could say, of escapism, because even if you're uh, in working in a job that you don't like, or you're you're tr- commuting to work in the morning, you're going to uh, in the rat race, and you're going to spend all day in an office, even. To walk to the train or to walk to the bus, if you've got some music on, like and they're singing about, you know, living free and this, just for a split second, maybe vicariously, uh, you can get a little bit of freedom and escapism through listening to that before you settle down into the daily grind. Maybe that's part of it as well.
4: Well, yeah, yeah, well, yeah I was meaning more in terms of actually very self-affirming, as in not in a narcissistic way, but in a in a way to, uh, you know, some of these, well. well some of them are very problematic lifestyles. These rock stars, but uh, they embodied uh, a confidence in 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 a in uh you know a way they conducted themselves, and the uh, you know they believed who they are and who they were as people. You know, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and the way they sang and the way they embodied that. And I think there's that you know that art, that skill, or or, or the way they, they 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 did that is just, is a uh, something that. Many people lose because many people can't don't know how to be authentic. And you know, authenticity is a big problem nowadays. And I think a lot of these bands and a lot of these pe- people in the bands were trying to get to some sort of form of authenticity. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, and you see people like Bon Scott in that concert in 1977 in London, you know, it's like, you think, wow, he he's just he doesn't give a to give a shit. And he's no. trying to be authentic. You know, and that's the. I'll tell you. I'll
1: t- strangely, strangely. Uh, you talk- well, we've got to take a little news break now. But when we come back, there's a, there's a. I'll send you a link through to it. There's a fantastic story uh, on the history of Bon Scott before he actually came to DC. And you know what? If you ever heard the band that he was in before DC, he was in a band called Fraternity, and he used to play the recorder. He used to play the recorder in Fraternity, and he didn't move at all when he was on stage. And they tried everything with Fraternity, and they failed. But anyway, uh, we've got to take a quick uh, news break here before <laughs> turning this into a Paul bon Scott special edition. Here on, funnily enough, TNT. Ha! <coughs>
0: yeah.
4: Big news, TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a look at your TNT headlines. Israel announced late Tuesday its forces had stormed the Al Shifa hospital in Gaza City, while thousands of Palestinian civilians were still sheltering inside. Indonesian President Joko Widodo has used a meeting with US President Joe Biden to call on America to do more to stop the war. Finland is gearing up to close its border with Russia and former Fox News host Tucker Carlson has popped up in Spain.
1: The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes, just makes matters worse. Then
0: dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Oh.
3: Dinner's ready.
0: Oh man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. Tntradio.live.
1: Okay, uh, coming back. It's strange. Uh Bruce was telling me though that one of the young brothers from ACDC is actually from his uh, hometown up in Scotland. And of course, we're talking about Bon Scott, who has the same surname. As Bruce Scott, it's all coming together nicely here. And just the point that I was uh, going to make there before the news was that people, and I suppose this is, gonna, this is actually going to relate to some of the stories that we are going to be talking to you about here this morning, but sometimes events happen that push you into taking actions that you never foresaw yourself taking. Uh, and Bon Scott, for example, uh, when he was growing up, he was in a band called Fraternity, and they were very mellow, very mellow, like a light. Prague rock band and he, he was very shy and introverted and he used to play the recorder on stage you wouldn't even recognize him uh, in his fraternity days then they toured Europe and England they failed horribly he went back to working a day job and got totally depressed totally depressed got totally alcohol dependent to went out on a motorbike one night had a terrible accident and it landed him in uh Adelaide he was uh recovering in Adelaide and AC/DC happened to be there that night. They didn't like their lead singer. And Bon Scott happened to be at that gig that night. And uh, one of the guys said, you might want to get up and sing a few songs with these guys. And he was so much older. He was 27. They were only in their late teens. So he didn't feel comfortable. But oh, when he got up on stage, man, oh man, I'm getting goose pimples here. I've got some great DC concert footage from Glasgow from 1977. Holy crap, man. I was sitting yesterday in a coffee shop watching it. Head banging, all the people were looking at me. I didn't give a damn. It was absolutely epic. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. I just I just had to say that. I just had to say it. Listen, yeah. get stimulated out there, people. Get stimulated. Too many of us are self-absorbed with doom and gloom and the events of this world and things that really don't profit us one jot. We get consumed by them. And I'm not saying getting into metal and rock is necessarily a positive thing, but damn it, it can't be any worse than obsessing, for example, with who's running the world and uh, is the earth flat and are there really germs? Are there not really germs? People tying themselves in knots, Bruce, and really making no more sense out of the world. than there was When they started off and maybe a little bit of release is what's needed in these days to stop us all from going insane what do you think
4: well yeah it's interesting we we started a conversation with with the rock bands and stuff and and of course they embodied as i said a kind of form of authenticity that we we, people could identify with of being real or being free of being you know being their own man so to speak sticking it to the man (laughs) but of course what the, what's been happening the last three years and before is uh, due to uh, government policy and mm-hmm. the use of uh, very pr- propaganda uh, and, and, and deliberately staged kind of issues, uh, we are not free. We are not free at all, actually. Uh, it's interesting because, uh, because of the ker- kerfuffle at uh, the, the weekend with Suella Braverman being sacked mm-hmm. And now David Cameron being brought in, it reminds me way back in two thousand and ten when he was Prime Minister. Uh, David Cameron was 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 pivotal in bringing back bringing in the behavioural insights team, uh-huh. which was the Nudge Unit, the, the Nudge Unit, unit yep. which have been instrumental in uh, so many of the policies that we're, we're experiencing today. They started off with uh, you know trying to uh, get organ donations by psychopathologizing unemployment uh, basically they were uh, you know get people who were unemployed were being their unemployment was being seen as a psychological issue and uh, they were being given treatment in the job centers and way back when I was living in London at the time myself and a lot of my my uh, colleagues many of them who were quite revolutionary kind of communist Marxist types were were dead set against this and quite rightly. Uh, and, uh, you know, of course, but it's now morphed into the, the COVID era with uh, the, the propaganda around getting the jobs and the lockdowns and now the net zero. Uh, and of course, and basically, basically the MO of the, the Behavioural Insights team is very, I was reading this book by a guy called James Garvey called The Persuaders. And, wow. uh, the, the, and it's called the, the subtitles, The Hidden Industry That w- Wants To Change Your Mind. And the Behavioural Insights team had an objective. This is an objective. One was to find the outcome that you want, mm-hmm. understand the context, build your behavioural insights, test, learn, and adapt. So when he put that to all the policies that we've been experiencing in the last few years, and especially in recent days, i.e., you know, get angry at either marching Muslims or people who are pro-Palestine or mm-hmm. marching far-right jobs so to speak you know get you know they they have defined this outcome because what's happened now is uh richie Sunak's want to bring in laws which has got a car protests that was the outcome they desired
1: mm-hmm. and they just simply worked back from that uh, and also uh interesting there i suppose this does tie it all in with the musical theme too, especially with uh regards to nudge units uh the government understands the power of uh, blanket messaging. Uh, If they can, at one stage, do you remember they were taking ads out in all the major national newspapers, front and back covers, they were advertising about vaccination. They employed or they uh, built up a stable of so-called celebrities, whether they be movie stars, TV stars or musicians, which were also very powerful. A lot of musicians seemed to turn coat uh, during the COVID years and all of a sudden adopt, uh, get your job or you can't come and see us live. I'm thinking about the Foo Fighters. I'm thinking about so-called Rage Against the Machine. You had the like a Neil Young, all these old protest singers and, you know, reprobates from back in the day, all of a sudden were uh, working for the man, as it were, nudging people as it were to get their jobs and get their sleeves rolled up and take one in the arm for the team so this whole business actually it does it all in together it does show you the power of uh music or musicians to get a message across because people tend to idolize their favorite bands or they idolize their favorite movie stars so if they suggest something then people are maybe more likely to take that person's prompting than just the common man on the street. That's probably why they hold so much clout and maybe we don't because we're not idolized in the same way.
4: Oh yeah, this, this has been studied <coughs> uh, years ago when I was doing my PhD. They looked at how how to get people to involved in clinical trials to take certain drugs, to take part in certain treatments. And they found that they... They tested this theory and also tested how people's symptoms disappeared on uh, certain issues, and and I I know this because my wife did a PhD in this. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. but essentially, essentially, what they found was people got better if they thought they were being treated by a doctor, the white coat effect. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, you look, and there's lots of other similar research studies going on there. Uh, Of course, yeah. So, personalities, uh, you know people who are famous and things like that celebrities uh yeah you're more people are more likely to believe them to trust them you know who've been who've been groomed to trust groomed to trust these people they've been set up these people for many you know who knows how they've got the positions how they've got them, Bono people like that mm-hmm. uh groomed uh, seduced by their by their craziness by their radicalness and now look at oh, Bahama I mean from the nineteen eighties from I remember U2 fans in the nineteen eighties in Southern Ireland when I was mm-hmm. down there in Dublin area how people loved Bono and U2. They must feel they must feel uh, betrayed now that mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how he's turned out. But uh but you think about the the, the daily briefings on the COVID uh about the emergency part, Chris Whitty Patrick Valance, Nicholas Sturgeon,
1: and, 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 this, and the medical too. officers.
4: Uh-huh. Uh, you know—and they're standing there saying, "This look at look at this graph." Many people will be so convinced that this is the truth. It was a—I mean, I was watching these presentations, and I've been to lots of scientific uh, uh, seminars talking about statistics and stuff, and I thought this is rubbish. This is, you know, it's rubbish. It's not clear. It's it's ob- obfuscating the truth. Uh, you know they're not looking at all cause deaths. You know, and it, they they would be laughed out of a university seminar room giving such presentations. But but the majority the population who probably have not had that background can't notice these smoke and mirror techniques. And that and that's all it's been. Uh, and uh, you know, they said in 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 bring crisis after crisis after crisis, you know, defining the outcome all the time, <laughs> and then just this just setting this in 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 the population, and uh, getting the desired outcome, you know, yeah, and, uh, and an the interesting the- article.
1: Sorry, there, I was going. I was going to say they're uh, they're masters at their craft at doing that. And if you have an article uh, that you want to reference, I think the best thing to do would due to take a little break now. So instead of uh, interrupting the momentum in this one, so I don't uh, interrupt the article, uh, hang on to that, please, Bruce. And when we come back uh, after just a brief pause, uh, you can reference that, and we'll get into this in a little bit more detail. So please stay tuned uh, for more of the same here on TNT. We'll be right back after this. Short the break. European
0: Central Bank is saying the quiet part out loud about central bank digital currency from washington dc this is the morano minute with your host tnt radio's mark morano the president of the european central bank christine lagarde admitted the eu's new central bank digital currency will be used to impose
4: control there will be control, you're right, you're completely right. Mm -hmm. We are considering whether for very small amounts, you know, anything that is around 300, 400 euros, we could have a mechanism where there is zero control. But that could be dangerous. The terrorist attacks on France uh, back uh, 10 years ago were entirely financed by those very small, anonymous credit cards that you can recharge in total anonymity. Did you get that? You
0: have to give up your freedom and use a central bank digital currency and no more excels. Reject central bank digital currency. Reject the Great Reset. This is Mark Morano for the Morano Minute on TNT Radio. On a virtual road, you can test the limits of your driving ability to see how fast you can go under the most extreme conditions, like when it's dark, when the weather's bad, or when the unexpected happens. The higher the speed, the harder the impact. But driving isn't a game or a race. When you're on the road, just 10 miles per hour over the limit can mean the difference between life and death. You're responsible for people's lives and your own. Slow down and save lives. Informative and engaging. Rick Munn. Rick Munn on today's News Talk Radio TNT. Yes, indeed. I'm
1: talking to my friend Bruce Scott here this morning. Dr. Bruce Scott, if you want to, you can check him out on uh, the X platform at Dr. Bruce Scott with two T's. And also he has a website, BruceScott.org.uk. He is actually a fully qualified and very experienced psychoanalyst. And he's an author as well of the tome known as Gulag. Caledonia, fantastically named book, Gulag Caledonia, and it is coming up to that most wonderful time of the year again, you know, chestnuts roasting on an open fire, Jack Frost nipping at your nose, and there's you sitting in your comfy armchair with a copy of Gulag Caledonia getting thoroughly depressed at the writings Of Bruce (laughs) Scott So pick yourself a copy up (laughs) For Christmas How's that For a a, a terrible sales pitch For your book I hope you don't mind
4: I highly recommend it It's enough to send you into in, in, into into deep depression, I think. Yeah, <laughs> you know.
1: but yeah. In all seriousness,
4: seriousness action. Well, all in all seriousness,
1: check it out. Uh, you can order it from Amazon or you can order it uh, from his website. But please pick up a copy of that because uh, it is a good book. Uh, so please do that. But before we took our last break, uh, I cut you off a little bit because you had an article that you wanted to share. Wanted to give it the full uh, full steam. So uh, what's that article in question, please?
4: Well, yeah, we were talking about you know the role of the behavioral insights team. In, in, in applied psychology from in government uh, to policy. And uh, an interesting article I came across was by the the, 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 the very interesting uh, commentator called Morgoth. I don't know if you heard of Morgoth, but uh very interesting article. He was talking about the behavioural insights team, and I thought it was a good article. And he talks about how... Uh, he was on about the, the, the cenotaph thing and the marches and, 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 and all the kerfuffle about that, but he says... Uh, he says, "I I understand the age all too well. I too think that enough is enough, and that something has to be done." <laughs> and this is a very interesting, interesting point because we can all get angry at what's going on in the world, and it's just that I can't help but notice the cute painted little paw prints on the ground, guiding me, or the or the general and Carney Valley, slightly off appearance of it all. In other words, being you know, being being the, the 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 marks on the floor. Stand here, you know. We're we're deliberately being. Uh, Manipulated to feel angry in some form of direction. But what do we do? It's a it's a great chess move by them, by the government. Really, uh, you know, uh, Jacques Aloul, the, the French sociologist, talks about this in his book. Uh, you know, that the, the propaganda destroys democracy, and 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 in that it forces us to, to to take a side, one or one way or the other. Uh, Gives us the idea we're free, we're not free. Uh, and in this 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 d- demonic chess chess uh, position they've got us in check almost oh. or is it checkmate i don't know but they you know we're kind of we feel angry about what's going on in the world and if we do something uh, we, you know we could be going into a trap like what happened on saturday for some people uh, and of course, I think, you know, I keep going back. This is a spiritual war we're in between good and evil. And, and people think, well, we're in the world, we have to do something. What people don't realize, and I think it goes back to over two and a half thousand years ago to a philosopher, I think it was Parmenides, but he was saying that just doing nothing is not nothing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The thing is, it's just on a spiritual level. You know, if we're at a crossroads, going forwards goes to hell. Left or right goes to hell. Go back goes to hell. We we are actually in. It's not. It's not a dead end situation. We're not. We don't. We're not living on the chess the the, the plane of the chessboard in the material world. Really, mm-hmm. you know that. But, but by doing nothing on a psychological or spiritual level, you want to go there. It is a very powerful thing to uh, to reject the propaganda, but move to another place. Mm-hmm. psychologically, spiritually. And I think people should realise that uh, this, is the, this is the sort of, all these chess pieces they're moving all the time to make us move one way or the other and get angry at this and get angry at that and outraged at that. You know, I, I put it down to this. I don't care about marching Muslims in London or marching far right, so-called far-right yobs in London. I was watching the set there, Remembering Sunday and all, and Tony Blair, people like that, mm-hmm. standing at the Cenotaph they're our problem <laughs> yeah. i'm more worried about them
1: theresa may a danger and to david ask. cameron and all that it's david like a rogues gallery of warmongers and people that lie are habitual pathological liars tony blair is literally a habitual pathological liar and is responsible for uncountable numbers of deaths of people in iraq based on a lie the weapons of mass destruction lie. and there he is brazenly standing at the cenotaph uh, laying a wreath in remembrance of the dead of which uh, he had his part in contributing to those dead not just of the british but also of the iraqi people i mean they're, they're they're brazen almost, uh, they're, they've got brass necks. Uh, I was talking before you came on here about the Irish Taoiseach uh, Leo Varadkar, who's destroying Ireland, slowly, slowly destroying Ireland. And when he was quizzed over whether he has any regrets about paying the highest amount of benefits to people to come to Ireland, that's why we're seeing such an influx of people uh, coming here both legally and illegally because of the benefits package. Is he sorry about that? He said, absolutely not. I regret absolutely nothing. I'm proud of what I've done. Is it not that old Classic doubling down on a on a bad position because to admit that he had made a mistake is almost incriminating himself in some great crime.
4: Yeah, I know it. It's it, it's incredible. It's incredible to, to, to the brass neck because uh, these people these people are well aware of the, the propaganda that's been unleashed in the previous days before that event. They're well aware, I think. I think people are, are are naive to think that they they haven't got their hand on pulse of what is what is happening with the population uh and of course right away Richie sunak comes out with it, thinking about new laws the curb protests uh and uh, and of course a lot of the leftists in Scotland were complaining about oh that means uh you know the flower of Scotland will be a hate speech crime you know Richie sunak's going to stop us. Being independent and singing with independent songs, so that'll be. And it's like, well, Yuri Beznov, of the Russian defector from the KGB, mm. he talked about all these useful, the useful idiots of the left. Who, uh, I mean, where, where were all where were all these far right yobs during COVID when we when 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 uh, when people were do- protesting in London? Where were they? They weren't around fights defending the senator for British values then. And where were all the leftists defending? Uh, people when they were getting arrested uh, for, for for protesting against lockdown and and now oh the complain when uh, stop oil people get arrested and they'll be they'll be they'll be uh, complaining when uh, oh the fascist the fascist UK government when they won't be allowed to protest because of on the back of this but they've walked it they've helped this along they, they have uh, they have a Jacques the French sociologist says they've, they've they've just lapped this propaganda up and ate it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and uh, and this is where we are because they haven't moved. They haven't moved. Uh, this, you know, these people are not our saviors. the 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 the, the, the lineup of ghouls at the cenotaph on on mm-hmm. Sunday, Blair et al. You know, they somehow think that whatever party they're in, the the party they like, that they've got to be the savior. Uh, you know it's it's such a, a limited reductive idea i mean who are the kidding who are the kidding you know yeah uh, how many people how many lives have been lost at the hands of these people just in this last 50 60 years
1: Yeah, and literally that handful of people, uh, you know, it's not an army of people we're talking about. It's a handful of wicked corrupt politicians. And we're we're talking about England here, but let's uh, cast our eye uh, north of the border here into your uh, home turf, which is Scotland. Uh, There's an article here that was published uh, in The Telegraph that you highlighted, maybe to talk about, about car home residents left to starve during a pandemic. The COVID inquiry has told Scottish bereavement groups give evidence about how their loved ones were neglected during lockdown. And at the top of this article, there's a picture of a rather uh, evil-looking, demonic creature. Uh, I think her name is Nicola Sturgeon, wearing a little tartan, purple tartan face mask. Uh, and she's glaring at the photographer. She seems to have slipped away from public view, again, leaving awake a, a trail of uh, shattered lives and a, a, a broken people and dead people in her wake as she swans off to her next thing much the same way as tony Blair did, or theresa may did or cameron did who's now made a comeback or any of these ex-presidents like obama and clinton and the bushes they they never moved too far away the apple didn't fall too far from the tree so the same thing could be said in Scotland and even with use uh, uh, Yusuf Humza, He's not exactly doing Scotland proud at the minute uh, with his rhetoric that he's coming out with as well. It seems to be this is just an endemic problem that we have here right across the globe with politicians. They, uh, The more evil and sinister and corrupt and lacking in integrity that, that you are, it seems to be the higher up the political ladder that you will climb. Is that a is that a reasonable uh, well, well,
4: summary? Well, 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 this is incredible. When well, this is, the, the last the cenotaph thing, when that was all going on, people in, in Israel and and, and uh, Palestine thing going on, uh, with people being killed, and of course on both sides, it's you know I, uh, to have children, women, civilians killed mm-hmm. at any place, does not matter what country they're in. It's it's a it's an it's a disgrace. Uh, however, however this has all been the the, the care home deaths, people were left to starve, people weren't given uh, visits by their loved ones now this is the thing this is the thing Uh, basically uh, most people in medicine in healthcare know the the thing between life and death for someone who's very very ill is sometimes the touch of a loved Mm -hmm. one, the voice of a loved one Uh, and it is inconceivable that a government, whether it's the Scottish government or the UK government, were not briefed or knew that the restrictions they placed on these care homes, or restrictions in general, would result in people dying. You know, so basically when they when the politicians sanctioned these restrictions, they knew they knew, I guarantee they knew that's why all the WhatsApp messages are being disappeared. And well, they're not, they'll never be—they'll never be found, anyways. But they—they hmm. they knew exactly what was happening. People would die, so essentially, that they've been—they're they're culpable of uh, of the, the deaths of people. And of course, where are the where are all the the, the, the pro-Palestinian marchers? Where hmm. where are they? Where are where are the people who are uh, pro-Israel, for example, as well? Uh, Israel government, the Israeli government used their population as a Pfizer experiment. It did. You know, excess uh, deaths how... in, in Israel is huge. You know, it is. Uh, that's, to it, these it, governments something... don't care about their own people. And that's,
1: that's the thing as well. I think everything, uh, Bruce, that we're talking about here, aside from music, which doesn't drive people insane. That's why I almost joked, uh, uh, maybe just before you came on here, you know, the stuff that we can not get obsessed about will drive us mad, and the stuff that's supposed to be bad for us might actually do us good. But the lies and the manipulation and the double standards, and as you rightly pointed out, and I highlighted that too, everybody that all of a sudden became big fans of The Israeli government, for example, were criticizing them two years ago for using the entire Israeli population as a mass experiment for uh, mass vaccination and the so-called green pass that forced medical apartheid on the israeli people and i remember right at the start of this when i started getting interested in what was going on in the world in terms of the, this pandemic michael gove was dispatched across to israel to find out how they were doing it so they could take it back to the uk and then implement it uh, within the united kingdom so yeah it's one nasty, uh, big, uh, dirty, stinking spider's web that is being weaved out there. And thankfully, we're not uh, consumed or caught up in that at this point in time. Listen, time is up, my friend. I can't believe it. It's uh, 11 a.m. We must call time on this one. So a massive thank you to you as always, Bruce. It goes by too quick. Dr. Bruce Scott. Follow him on Twitter at Dr. Bruce Scott. Bruce Scott.org.uk. Gula, and listen to his advice. Concerning music, check out Fields of the Nephilim. Check out a Little Sisters of Mercy. Check out a little Bon Scott era DC. I recommend the Let There Be Rock album, and also Parage is a particular. And, and uh, if you want blood, squeeze that one in there too. Oh, I'm done for the day. I'm off to listen to some Bon Scott. To be quite frank with you, so I hope you all have a wonderful day, and uh, I should be back tomorrow on TNT.